0: With insights and analysis of today's rapidly shifting world. Welcome to the Jewish Patriot Show. With Talk Radio's premier Jewish activist, Cindy Gross. Featuring exclusive interviews with today's top newsmakers and trendsetters. And now, your Jewish Patriot, Cindy Gross. Hello and welcome to the Jewish Patriot. I am your
1: host, Cindy Gross. Today's premier... Jewish women activist on radio, TV. You could download the podcast. You could download the shows through Roku and Amazon Fire. And very soon, going into Europe. Thank you so much for joining the show. It is holiday season for the Jewish people around the world. We are in the middle of holidays of uh, Sukkot, Rosh Hashanah. We are having our fast for Yom Kippur, and of course, our Jewish New Year, Rosh Hashanah. So you're going to hear a lot about these holidays, these festivities, these fast days. And of course, all of it is about looking to the past, remembering, practicing our religion freely today in the present, and looking for the future for generations to come. Because for me, it's not what I put on my table or even have at the table for the holidays. It's what my grandchildren and great-grandchildren will be able to share as proud Jews at their tables. And for those of you who are not Jewish, I wanna uh, invite you to enjoy our culture. There were so many great things. You've been hearing about the great wines and foods and many of the customs and traditions. Well, today I'm gonna feature Israeli Jewish fashion. Because our show is spotlighting the September New York Fashion Week shows. So welcome into my corner. I am Zisal Peril, Pearls of Wisdom. When people think of Jewish fashion designers, they think of Calvin Klein and Ralph Lauren and Donna Karan, Anne Klein, Diane von Furstenberg. And the list goes on and on. The pioneers of 7th Avenue, the history of immigration, and of course, in Europe, there is a long history of Jewish uh, designers and seamstresses, and even around the world. Today, one of the most sought-after shows to see and participate in comes out of Tel Aviv. And you don't have to be Jewish to participate in it. People come from all over the world to uh, write up and to share the fashion tips and to be a part of that show. Well, there were many trends at this year's shows in New York during September that you will see in the stores for the spring-summer 2023 collections. We saw many minorities shown. We saw a lot of emphasis on glamour on everyday wear, the men's shows and women's shows, some of them overlapped and their times were combined. But the biggest trend I saw that I am the most proud of is the fact that so many new young, vibrant Jewish designers, many of them Israeli, are now taking part of the shows, and have a mainstream international audience. And tonight, you're going to meet two of them. What's very exciting is that these designers really have their own unique stories to share, which they will tonight, and they also tell the story of the changes in fashion. They are so unique so interesting. You're going to love what they have to share and more important, you're going to be able after this show to run out and buy designs from new designers that are trending that will later be collectors' items. So sit back and stay tuned as we feature New York Fashion Week Jewish designers for today and tomorrow.
0: In the latest spy thriller from Pencraft first place award-winning novelist Jeffrey S. Stevens comes his best character yet, CIA operative Nick Reagan in The Handler. The Handler is the new heart-pounding, dizzying global conspiracy novel that follows the adventure of two CIA operatives from New York to Pakistan, Paris, Las Vegas, and ultimately, America's Heartland as they race to prevent a series of terrorist attacks. Here's what's been said about The Handler. Think Jason Bourne for the new millennium. Ryan Steck, editor-in-chief, of the real book spy. Pulsing with reality, The Handler takes you to the precipice with thrills and terror at every hairpin turn. Best-selling author, Chris Beakey. And a taut terrorism thriller that mesmerizes with a dizzying global conspiracy and believable stakes. BestThrillers.com Available now on Amazon.com and wherever you get your favorite books. Get your copy and put yourself right in the middle of the CIA's toughest mission yet. My award-winning novelist Jeffrey S. Stevens.
2: The folks at Royal Wine Corp The largest manufacturer, importer, and exporter of kosher wine offers wines from all over the world in every price point. Founded in 1848, Royal Wine Corps' mission is to be the premier manufacturer, importer, and distributor of specialty wines, spirits, and liqueurs from around the world. The commitment to perfection and family tradition spans over eight generations and has experienced growth since its beginning. Royal's portfolio of domestic and international wines ranges from traditional wine-producing regions of France... Italy, and Spain, to up-and-coming ones like Israel, New Zealand, and Argentina. Additionally, Royal Wine Corp's Spirit and Liqueur Portfolio offers some of the most sought-after scotches, bourbons, tequilas, and vodkas, as well as hard-to-find specialty items such as flavored brandies and liqueurs. To find out more, visit the Royal Wine website and find out where you can pick up all your wine needs or order online with discounts on many favorites.
1: Welcome back to the Jewess Patriot. I'm super excited about our next guest because he's known internationally for his designs and he also was featured at New York Fashion Week in a very special show promoting modest fashion and the modern looks for today's women who like to dress appropriately for what they feel comfortable in and for their religious backgrounds, which includes mine. So Avidad Arik Herman originally from Israel, is really uh, internationally known. He's known in Europe, he's known in the States, and he had a very successful show this September. Welcome to the show, and tell us what it was like to be a part of Fashion Week Spring Summer 2023.
3: Um, So, hello, shalom, everybody, and thank you for having me on your show and for your kind uh, introduction involved. Um, it, this was actually my second New York Fashion Week experience. Uh, the first one actually was five years ago. Uh, but that recent one was really, really wonderful. Um, I, um, was invited as a speaker and to present, um, one of my gowns at the, um, Hot and Holly event. Um, uh, which was really, really magical. Um, the, the theme for the event was indeed, uh, modest fashion. Um, As a designer myself, uh, and as a very diverse designer, I do not necessarily uh, represent modest fashion. Uh, Throughout my uh, uh, work, uh, it really uh, ranges um, and is very, very diverse. Uh, However, I uh, was present at the show um, um, talking and sharing some of my um, experiences working with modest fashion and uh, and being commissioned with some particular uh, modesty guidelines in two very specific um, projects. Uh, the most recent one was the evening gown I had the honor to design for Miss Morocco at the recent uh, and the 70th edition of the Miss Universe competition, which took place in Eilat, Israel, last December. Um, and the other gown was the Jerusalem of Gold, Gown, which I had the honor to design for Her Excellency um, former uh, Culture Minister of Israel Miri Regev, who attended the Film Festival in Cannes in 2017, and this both both these gowns um, were designed definitely taken into consideration uh, modesty guidelines. Modesty when we talk about modesty in this particular case, we're actually talking about um, showing skin or or the opposite, rather um, not,
1: you know what I was at several shows and I've been covering them many years. this there were two very big themes I saw: glamour and modesty. The idea of i don't want for lack of a better word sexiness by re- not revealing everything was something that was ageless. And that really transcended from day wear to evening wear. Even menswear, the multi layers that the men were wearing, people got, I guess, into a very comfortable mood and they liked the idea of relaxed glamour taking the next level now.
3: Yes, I agree with you. I don't think that uh, modest is not—it's—it's—it's ne- it's, it's necessarily either or. I mean, modest can be glamorous too, uh, and um, it's really interesting to see. I mean, there is so much talent out there, and there are so many uh, expressions of of glamorous, of creativity, of of fashion ideas. Um, so, yeah, it's always fascinating and really inspiring to watch uh, and see um, what designers and fashion houses um, from all over are, are creating.
1: Tell us a little bit about your background. Who inspired you to become a designer?
3: So uh, my background, um, before I started to work as a professional um, designer, I actually uh, had a performing career, uh, I actually have been a dancer and I did some acting too uh, but i i've been i 've been on stage for about twenty years. however, who really inspired me and has been or have been my role models uh, with designs were two very um, um, precious ladies in my life is my mom and her mother, uh, my grandmother, who was originally from Spain. Back in the days, she used to be a seamstress and she would make um, costumes for flamenco dancers. Um, And when they immigrated to Israel, she found herself uh, working in a small textile factory in that little town where they um, um, lived. Um, And both my grandmother and my mother have this super, super high... um, uh, intelligence uh, and, and uh, taste um, for design, for style, uh, for aesthetics. Um, everything they have been doing was with so much love and care. Um, so I always looked up to them and I learned uh, all, all of that from them. From a relatively young age, I found myself playing with Barbie dolls and and drawing, started drawing. So that itself was my natural self-expression. Um, so that kind of self-taught way had re- re-motivated myself throughout my life. I don't think that there was a, a particular designer, you know, or a fashion house that I could say that was my inspiration. Um, um, But really, um, it was like growing up with this family support that encouraged it and enabled that uh, talent of mine to continue and manifest in in various ways. Uh, And when it was time for me to to bring that to the next level and... Uh, it started, you know, happening professionally speaking.
1: So uh, a lot of my audience is not Jewish because my tagline is you don't have to be Jewish with Cindy and many of your customers and your followers aren't Jewish. But I will tell you one question I'm always asked, especially from non-Jewish designers, is how fast forward Israel is in the fashion industry, and that one of the most sought-after shows to participate in comes from Tel Aviv. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people think that there are so many Jewish designers in fashion, but I love the fact that there seem to be a record number of designers that are Israeli born or even still Israeli. And I think that's a very big trend that I'm very proud of and I'm glad that you're a part of it. Um who would you like to dress that you haven't dressed yet?
3: Hey, wow, this is a great question. Um so let me tell you a fun story. When I was a teenager, I used to um uh every time I'd go, come back home from school, I'd like to I, I used to sit at in my room and, and do my fashion drawings and play music at the background now this music tended to be two very particular singers one of them was Whitney Houston and the other one was Celine Dion and I just loved their music um, and somehow it had became the soundtrack of those years in my life and I had this dream of designing for them one day now unfortunately uh, for uh, Whitney Houston I, I guess uh, it's a dream that will never come true but I still hope that Celine Dion, um, I would have the privilege and honor to kind of complete that circle and design for her. But really, in general, I, I love human beings and I love clothes. And so every time I am met with new opportunities to design, whether it is for artists performing on stage or or off stage, um, I just really love love my work, and love what I do. So, you know, whoever that comes along on the way, sometimes people showed up that I had never dreamt that I would dress, Um, like the Culture Minister of Israel, for example, that was a huge, huge um, honor and accomplishment. Uh, I even got to design uh, for the world's most famous fashion icon, Barbie. A few years ago, Mattel, the Thai company, produced an original uh, musical, and all-family show called Barbie Live. Um, Never had I dreamt or thought that I would have the honor to be responsible for more than 300 costumes uh, for the Barbie Live musical. Um, so, I hope I answered your question. Um, how can pretty-
1: our followers find out how to reach you? And I know a lot of your stuff is one of a kind. You, you do the old fashioned haute uh, couturier and uh, how can they reach out to you if they want to have a dress or a gown
3: made? Um, so, for sure, my method up until this point, at least, has been that I design a one-of-a-kind exclusive custom Um I I am on social media, um, Instagram, Facebook. I have my online portfolio, and one can uh, always uh, uh, reach out to me uh, through my contact me um, uh, options, and I always answer and reply um, and looking forward for new um, collaborations and work opportunities wherever in the world. Um,
1: well, we're certainly glad that you participated in New York Fashion Week. You represented the Jewish community well. And of course, our non-Jewish community really appreciates the work you've done. And we look forward to having you back on the Jewess Patriot and uh, happy and a healthy new year.
3: Thank you. Amen. Happy New Year.
0: (laughs) Shana Tova.
1: Shana Tova.
0: In the latest spy thriller from Pencraft first place award winning novelist Jeffrey S. Stevens comes his best character yet cia operative nick reagan in the handler the handler is the new heart-pounding dizzying global conspiracy novel that follows the adventure of two cia operatives from new york to pakistan paris las vegas and ultimately america's heartland as they race to prevent a series of terrorist attacks here's what's been said about the handler think jason Bourne for the new millennium Ryan Steck, Editor-in-Chief, The Real Book Spot. Pulsing with reality, The Handler takes you to the precipice with thrills and terror at every hairpin turn. Best-selling author, Chris Beakey. And a taut terrorism thriller that mesmerizes with a dizzying global conspiracy and believable stakes. Bestthrillers.com. Available now on Amazon.com. And wherever you get your favorite books, Get your copy and put yourself right in the middle of the CIA's toughest mission yet. My award-winning novel, Jeffrey S. Stevens.
1: Welcome back. Before we speak with our next guest, I want to share with you a little bio about a fashion designer you don't know much about. Why? Because she was murdered in the Holocaust. Hetty Strand was a talented dressmaker in Poland in the 1930s. And unfortunately, she did not escape from Nazi-occupied Czechoslovakia. Her dresses were worn by women all over Europe. They traveled to see her work, and they bought her gowns. Some of her fashions did manage to survive. Eight of her sketches, along with garments that they inspired, were the focus of an exhibit that was touring the country a couple of years ago called Sketching History from the Holocaust. And I'm talking about this now because so much of New York Fashion Week has become very political, very, very uh, Conscience of what people are talking about, whether it's abortion, Black Lives Matter, uh, hunger. I am telling you that there are ways in which to use fashion in a very positive way. And there are ways that have become very negative. I would like to look at the pride of it. Talking about history, using facts, sharing the present, and of course, looking towards the future. Many people now are not in the best state of minds. They're worried about their jobs, their homes, but what brightens them up? Fashion. And that is why we are so happy to bring to you today's show. You don't have to be Jewish with Cindy. And you don't have to be in Jewish to enjoy quality designs from Jewish designers from around the world.
2: The folks at Royal Wine Corp. The largest manufacturer, importer, and exporter of kosher wine offers wines from all over the world in every price point. Founded in 1848, Royal Wine Corp's mission is to be the premier manufacturer, importer, and distributor of specialty wines, spirits, and liqueurs from around the world. The commitment to perfection and family tradition spans over eight generations and has experienced growth since its beginning. Royal's portfolio of domestic and international wines ranges from traditional wine-producing regions of France... Italy, and Spain, to up-and-coming ones like Israel, New Zealand, and Argentina. Additionally, Royal Wine Corp's Spirit and Liqueur Portfolio offers some of the most sought-after scotches, bourbons, tequilas, and vodkas, as well as hard-to-find specialty items such as flavored brandies and liqueurs. To find out more, visit the Royal Wine website and find out where you can pick up all your wine needs or order online with discounts on many favorites.
1: Welcome back to the Jewish Patriot. Joining us now is somebody who's been with us since the very beginning when we were just on two little radio shows. And he has grown with us and the company has grown with us. And we are so excited to bring back our friend Gabe Geller of Royal Wines. And, of course, it's that time of the year when the Jewish holidays come out. And, of course, the Jewish and kosher communities are Having so many meals and so many festivities and wine is an important part of all of it. And, of course, we have so many non-Jewish friends. I mean, all the fall celebrations that they'd start in October from festivals with apples and all kinds of cooking changes in their homes to, of course, preparations for Thanksgiving. So we are so happy to have you here to talk about the latest trends in wines because you don't have to be Jewish with Cindy or Gabe Welcome back to the show.
4: Thank you so much, Cindy. How are you?
1: Doing well. Like everybody else, I've already started my uh, preparations for Rosh Hashanah holidays and going now through some Chos Torah, even some Sukkot's invitations. So of course, what I like to do, I always recommend to people first buy the non-perishables. And of course, what falls into place, my wines and lacours. And where else? to turn than Royal Wines who has hundreds of wines and liquors from around the world, award-winning because the selections are huge and you have price points from $10 to $100 to hundreds of dollars. So there's something there for everyone. Tell us what are the latest trends in uh, wines for this fall season.
4: Okay. So there's actually a a trend that's been going on now for, uh, for a bit and that has uh, caught up also with, you know, cultural wines and all that, uh, and that's sparkling wine. And uh, something that's great about sparkling wine is that they go with everything. You you were like hesitating, oh, um, we're, having a, we're having a great, uh, you know, like Thanksgiving is not that far away, right? Uh, so we're having a great uh, a, a great turkey with stuffing, or uh, we're having a roast, or we're having sushi, or we're having, I don't know, salad, whatever it is. If you don't know which wine to pair with all of that stuff, you don't have to think too much. Bubbly. Champagne. Champagne goes pretty much with everything. I, I, I am not a big fan of champagne with dessert with sweet stuff in general. But otherwise, you can have a whole dinner at a restaurant uh, from the appetizer to the steak, to whatever it is that you're having. The side dishes, a great bubbly, a great sparkling wine uh, from champagne or from other places. That's great. So this is Drapier. Drapier is one of the best Um, the best champagne houses uh, in France, so that's a real champagne, from champagne in France Uh, they have been making uh, they have been making uh, kosher wine now for over a decade Uh, this is uh, this is their uh, uh, Rosé de Seigneur, it's 100% Pinot Noir, Uh, it's delicious beautiful pink champagne Uh, it's got those great aromas of strawberries and cherries and raspberries uh, and it's a, a, a really excellent uh, champagne to look at, to smell, to taste, to drink, uh, to enjoy with friends, with family, whether you're celebrating something or just you know want something that's delicious and that's going to really elevate uh, your meal. This is a great option. Drapier, okay. champagne, this is the Rosé de Seigneur.
1: So I'm going to give you a little secret. For all those people that like to do, quote unquote, the semi homemade desserts. And let's say you buy the cake mixes instead of water. I sneak in some of these uh, bubbly wines and this sounds perfect. I was thinking of making like a strawberry cake, cutting up the fresh strawberries with the, the pink cake mix mm-hmm. uh, for somebody. And this goes in so well. So it's not just for drinking, but it actually does enhance the cooking. Not to mention we eat so many dates and dried fruit and pomegranates. There are so many desserts that are fruit oriented that this goes into those recipes just as well. So the perfect wines are when you could drink and cook with them.
4: Absolutely. And so, while you cook, you have a glass. <laughs>
1: absolutely. And, of course, another glass. When you set the table, it's the best time to do a wine tasting because every hostess knows you have to taste the wines before you serve them. Because, and also, you have to know your guest. And I always suggest to people not just to have one red wine, but there are drier wines and, and more full-bodied. Mm-hmm. And we've learned this from you. Tell us about a nice full-bodied red wine.
4: Okay, so uh, a, nice, uh, a nice full-bodied red wine. I don't have one right here. Uh, however, uh, there is one that is just released right now, brand new, uh, that I'm super excited about. It's called Villa Mangiacane. It's an Italian wine. It's a super Tuscan. It's a blend of Merlot and Sangiovese. Uh, Really delicious, savory, uh, savory notes to it, uh, earthy notes to it. Uh, It's really a fantastic wine to have. For example, it's full batted, but it's got that elegance that old world wines, European wines uh, have. Uh, And uh, there is that great recipe uh, for uh, standing rib roast uh, with garlic, uh that uh, that i make that gives a great crust to uh to the roast and fantastic uh, flavors uh and yeah you pair uh the this rib roast with this uh with this super Tuscan, this uh, uh fantastic italian one it's called Villa Mangiacane Magnificus. Uh it's absolutely amazing. Uh it's a high-end wine uh it's not cheap but it's not Terribly expensive either. We're talking about 50 to 60 dollars uh, for a ball, uh, and I think that's a perfect uh, a perfect ball to have on your holiday table. Uh it's not a wine that you're going to have uh, every night of the week, but for such a special occasion, uh, whether it's for Rosh Hashanah, or whether it's for any other holiday or any other celebration uh, with family, for example, uh, that's really a fantastic wine to consider. It's a 2017. Uh, it's already five years old. So it's got some age to it. Uh, it's very approachable already and really, uh, really a wine that I highly recommend.
1: So I had to um discuss with you a very big trend for this fall. Unfortunately, it's not a great it's a great trend for the people like you selling wine. Mm-hmm. Because of the high cost of going out to dinner and people going out to less. I notice many of my Followers uh, discuss this with me in in, uh, emails and also many of my friends as we socialize have decided we drink in more liquor. We go more to the stores and purchase. I'm sure that uh, you are finding that as well in your sales and stuff. So what are some tricks for the smart consumer, especially at this time of year when Jews have to consume so much wine? And everybody else wants to consume so much wine. What are some of the suggestions you make to um, wine buyers?
4: Okay. So FYI, this is uh, for the kosher wine market. This is one of the uh, hottest uh, times of the year. Uh, It's like uh, before Passover uh, those are the times when uh, you find the best sales, the best deals. Mm-hmm. So I even uh, would uh, recommend to, my, uh, to our uh, uh, followers here who are not necessarily Jewish, who do not necessarily need kosher wine, um, that uh, if you go to a store that has a broad kosher wine selection, but not exclusively kosher wines in the store, uh, they will usually have big sales uh, at this time of the year on everything uh so uh go to your uh to your favorite uh retailer uh right now and uh and you know Back up, up. Exactly. also
1: i will tell you so many of my listeners who aren't jewish who aren't in the big jewish communities from all 50 states and around the world write to me they've had the you know. Um, a kosher wine and they love it and they want to use it. They don't care. They like the quality. They like the taste. They like the price range. So this is for everybody, but buy in, and I totally agree with you, buy in bulk. The next question before we talk about another wine is, uh, many people do have wine bars, whiskey bars at this time. What do you recommend for a good wine bar? Because a lot of people like to serve more than one wine. As a cocktail before dinner, or they're hanging out, you know, serving hors d'oeuvres or a charcuterie board.
4: So, what do I recommend for
1: a nice wine? Like, if you, like if we had a bar, let's say a cheese bar, you recommend three cheeses or four yeah. cheeses. What would be three or four wines you recommend for a nice, budget-friendly uh, wine
4: bar? Okay, so I've got here two wines. Uh, that you know would uh, would work for a uh, you know a diversity of palates. Uh, so this one is the caramel private collection Moscato. It's a blue ball that reminds you of something.
1: <laughs> I know why are all the Moscados blue bottles for the most part? <laughs> well,
4: not all of them. A lot but, of them. Uh, truthfully, it's a trend that we probably started with Bartonera. Uh and uh others uh others like thought it was a good idea because it's eye-catching. You know, you see them in the store. Where are the blue balls You know, that's moscato, that's what I like. So this one is from Israel, Carmel uh winery in Israel's is, uh one of the oldest wineries, uh a pioneer of the of the renaissance of the Israeli wine industry. Uh and uh, they have a very broad um, range of wines that go from $10 a bottle and all the way up to uh, $90. And uh, this, uh, this Caramel Private Collection Moscato uh, is not just, you know, any other Moscato. It's got a freshness to it. It's a little bit less sweet than, uh, than uh, the other uh, options in the market. It will still very much appeal to the, to the, to the Moscato drinkers, but also to people uh, who don't like their, uh, their wines to be that sweet. Uh, so uh, it's going to be uh, uh, perhaps um, um, more of a crowd pleaser, and uh, would go fantastically with some hard aged uh, cheeses, salty cheeses. Uh, you've got both the acidity that cuts through, you know, the the, the fat that's in the cheese, and uh, and that sweetness, that delicate sweetness. Uh, that's going to really uh, match well uh, with the saltiness of the of the cheese, and uh, if you're looking for something drier and perhaps a little bit more sophisticated than the Moscato, you have the Tabor, another winery in Israel, a fantastic winery that's uh, focused on uh, ecological and sustainable practices in growing their uh, uh, their grapes and really leading a revolution uh in uh in the Israeli wine industry uh, this is their adama sauvignon blanc it's a fresh crisp uh deliciously fruit forward sauvignon blanc uh, this costs about 15 to 18 dollars about uh the caramel that i showed before uh is also between 10 to 15 dollars uh, those are very affordable options They're- very delicious, uh, 99% of people, unless they actually do not uh, do not like wine at all, usually uh, uh, fall in love with those wines uh, right away. And uh, big crowd pleasers would go really great uh, with salads, with, uh, with a cheese platter, and uh, something that I, uh, that I highly recommend at any time of the year.
1: They sound great. And, you know, it's so funny you say that because it happens to be one of the uh, meals that I'm hosting amongst my friends is the breakfast and one of them likes he said you know let's have something like f- to drink also because he's mm-hmm. a drinker mm-hmm. I I think I just found my wine to serve because I'm making a cheese platter yeah, there
4: you go, there you go. and, that, uh, that and I was
1: looking for I was thinking you know I don't want red and I, now you just answered the
4: question that's what I'm here for
1: any others you want to recommend, or any other tips? Uh, anything? Any wine news around the world that we should be aware of?
4: Well, there are so many wineries. Uh, there is one that uh, that I'm looking forward to get back. Uh, that was a crazy. Uh, that was crazy. Uh, popular when it came out just a few months ago, uh, and sold that right away. It's called Rima Pere from the Rothschild family uh, from New Zealand. Uh, It's got a beautiful, uh, beautiful blue, shiny label. Uh, And uh, it's also a Sauvignon Blanc, this time, again, from New Zealand. And something very, very special. And the people have been asking me almost daily, where can I find it? Where can I find it? Because it's gone. The the, the wine was so popular that over a thousand cases of it sold within just a few weeks. Uh, And it's coming back. It's coming back any day now. And uh, be on the lookout for it because this is a wine that you don't want to miss. You don't want to miss it. It's uh, it's just amazing.
1: Gabe, what wine do you serve for the first night of Sukkot? Because that's a wow. fun night and that's a festive night. And it's everybody wants that first night. I mean, because, you know, everybody says, well, it's not the leftover night. It's yeah. the first night in the new decorations. What are you serving? Like, what's it? A good wine for you. What, what are you going to
4: drink? Okay. So I collect wine. Uh, being, uh, you know, big into wine and having, uh, thank God, uh, great access to, uh, to some of the best wines out there. Uh, I collect wine and I usually take out uh, a special bar from my cellar that I've aged for a number of years uh, for the holidays, uh, the, what I'm uh, what I'm going to uh, to enjoy for uh, the first night of Pesukos that's coming up uh, very soon uh, is uh, the Castel Grand Vin 2012. It's ten years old already. Uh, it's really uh, in its uh, best uh, drinking window, as we call it, uh, and uh, and it should really elevate uh, elevate the meal in, uh, in 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 a way that you know uh, a new ball, a new vintage. Uh, uh, sometimes it can, but it's not. It, it's not that much. So that's the wine that I always highly recommend. Castel Grand Vin. The current vintage is the 2020. Uh, it's great already, but you know, if you can, if you have the possibility to put it away uh, for a few years, uh, I highly recommend it because that's a wine really that uh, uh, that rewards patience.
1: And we should tell many of our listeners all over the country that Gabe actually travels on behalf of Royal Wines. And if any store by you wants to do a wine tasting, Gabe and I would come out together if you need and want, because it is really uh, so popular now. Uh, People relax to it. And a glass of wine is so quote unquote, heart healthy And it's the perfect time as the seasons change. Any last words you want to share with our audience before we have to close?
4: I just would like to uh, actually uh, uh, dabble down on what you just said. Uh, I I travel uh, very often to do uh, those uh, wine tastings, wine seminars, you know, with... uh, uh, with like-minded people, people who like to learn more about wine, who really appreciate wine, uh, not just you know, with stores, but also with private events. Uh, I've done one uh, in, uh, in Baltimore a couple of weeks ago, in Miami the week before, uh, and it goes on and on. Uh, and it's always great to uh, get together with, uh, with people who appreciate that. And uh, I bring a, a very special selection every time. So always, uh, if you're interested, wherever you are in the United States of America, uh, I, can, uh, I can accommodate it and we can find the time. And I'm very happy always to share some, uh, some great wines and uh, some knowledge uh, whenever I can.
1: And of course, we, you can always reach out to Gabe through uh, Royal Wine uh, and through uh, his social media and Royal Wine social mm-hmm. media. And, of course, you're going to uh, hear a lot from Gabe the next few months. He's going to give us recommendations weekly. And, of course, as we get to the big kosher events, including the uh, kosher food and wine ex- experience and, and the kosher, all the involvements of major kosher events, Gabe will be back with us. Thank you for joining, once again, the Jewess Patriot. And Shana Tova, for all our non-Jewish friends, it means a happy and a healthy New Year.
4: Shout out to, that to all. Thank you so much, Cindy,
0: and see you next time. Stand up, Texas. There comes a time in one's life where you have to take a stand for what you believe in. To stand for what you know in your heart is right. For yourself, for your children, for your grandchildren. As Texans, we are in a fight for our independence and the promise of freedom that Texas was built upon. And it's that very freedom that is being stripped away from us right now. As brothers, sisters, business owners, employees, students, we are all in this fight together. It's time to take a stand, Texas. We are an organization of nearly 400,000 Texans. We're pushing for Texit and our freedom, our independence. Join us. Let's stand together. Visit texitnow.org. That's texitnow.org. Paid for by the Texas Nationalist Movement.
1: Welcome back. As we've been following New York Fashion Week exclusive interviews, we are very happy to introduce to our audience a new and upcoming designer who actually has a strong message for buyers and a very big message for people in the fashion industry. And her clothing is so wearable, so fashionable, so trendy. I am so proud to bring another Jewish Patriot to the show. Gita Amri, thank you so much for joining us. And congratulations on the rave reviews on your recent show for Spring Summer 2023. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is really wonderful. Well, I always love to support people with similar backgrounds with me and similar feelings, not just our religion, but our fashion sense. Because you are actually going to be known after this show and in the upcoming months as a big trendsetter for what is to come in the fashion industry. Tell everybody... I sure hope so.
5: I mean, otherwise, these last uh, 10 years have been for nothing.
1: (laughs) Tell everybody the emphasis that you placed on your show that makes you a standout at Fashion Week.
5: Um, I think what we did is we've shown every look in both a size 2 and a size 20. And the message that we're trying to say is that it's possible to create fashionable beautiful high-end women's wear for a range. And um, yes, it's more expensive a process. It's a longer process, but it's doable. And I think that the end result is a consumer is much happier.
1: And what's good uh, and that what you feature is a range of clothing. It's not just evening clothes. It's everyday active wear. It's work clothing. It's ageless clothing because I, as a grandmother feel very comfortable in your clothing the same way a 20 year old would be my daughter-in-law
5: that. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the things that always puzzled me the most when I was um, studying when I was in school or, you know, everybody's their first question is who's your girl, who is your customer. And, and yes, there are some brands that have a very you know tight image and identity and that's them and it's great and it works for them. But I think that, today, women are, and men, people are much more comfortable um, making their own rules. So there isn't the only this age can wear this, and only this size can wear this, and only this race can wear this color. It's very much what you feel and and your identity and, and showing your identity through your clothes. So I wanted to create a collection that really um,
1: celebrated that and really had something for anyone. Well, as my tagline is, you don't have to be Jewish with Cindy. You don't have to be Jewish to enjoy Gita's clothes and purchase them. But you have such a great, unique background. I think my audience would love to learn about it. Well, that's, that's quite vague. Where should I start? Well, uh, your family background, and then we'll go into how you got into fashion.
5: Okay. Well, um, I was born and raised in Israel. Um, I, uh, grew up modern Orthodox. So I grew up religious, um, in a town called Efrat, which is now a city. It is unrecognizable how much it's grown. Um, and I, I loved it. I actually, I never thought I would end up in the States. Um, I did my military service. I was in the air force, um, and I started my schooling there. But, um, you know, life throws you curves, curve balls. And I ended up in the States. And when I was here, I studied, I I decided, okay, my background is I, I, growing up, I painted, I was an artist. I did a lot of painting and, and things like that. And, um, it was assumed that that would be my path, but I really wanted to do, um, take a career that would be creative but challenging in another way so what I love about fashion is it is art but it's got to be functional it's got to you know it's three-dimensional so um, that's where I pivoted uh, and I always loved growing up I was always dressing up and I always loved um, doing all of that getting dressed and getting fancy so um, that's kind of how I ended up in fashion
1: so getting dressed up and and fancy and of course being modern Orthodox. I mean, we get dressed up every weekend and, and at least five times a week, whether or not we have another wedding or a bar mitzvah. So the transition must have been, you know, a challenge at first, maybe to do some of this active wear that you are becoming very well known for in the day wear, because so much of our community is into what is so trendy now, which is modest fashion. How did you make that transition from dressing up very dressy to becoming a leader in the active wear and uh, everyday wear?
5: Well, my collection's pretty dressy. It's pretty dressy. So um, what I really love is that I would say maybe 75% of the collection is convertible in the fact that you could dress it up, you could dress it down. So, you know, a lot of the blouses, you wear it with trousers or a skirt dressed up you wear it with jeans dressed down um you know mainly the pieces that are a one-shot look like a a dress or a gown that you know not as um you know uh convertible that was what I used but um but the other pieces the separates you can definitely dress them up and down and that was that was part of the thought process was how can I because my price point is high so I'm not exclusive size-wise, but I am somewhat exclusive price-wise. And so I really wanted the purchaser to be able to get as much out of the garment as they could. So a lot of the tops are reversible. A lot of the uh, looks do have that dress-up, dress-down value. Um, so, so yeah, there. but there's still definitely
1: a dressy element to it. Who was your inspiration uh, to become a designer? um
5: if, when there was one runway show i actually thought i was going to be a stylist first and then i saw a runway show by ralph rucci and he did these gowns where he had painted the fabric of the skirts and stuff and i just saw it and i thought wow i i want to do that like here is an artist right my whole life i've been told you're an artist you're an artist here's an artist creating fashion creating garments I want to do that and then of course right after that was the height of McQueen and so really getting inspired by all of that avant-garde and interesting stuff and um, uh, that really got me that really pushed me into applying for school. And
1: My favorite is Ralph Rucci also because he really represents he's probably one of the last the real haute couturier people that people really No, and and we don't have that so much anymore. And it's actually changed Fashion Week. It's actually changed how people shop and how people dress. I mean, people, I guess COVID also didn't uh, hurt that, and now the economy. But what is your best experience that you've had after deciding to take part in Fashion Week and being an active part of it?
5: This season? Mm -hmm. (sighs) Mm-hmm. Do you know, this is the biggest collection I've ever done. Um, I've done I've shown capsule collections before, so that's always capped out at about 15 looks. Um, this we've done 40 looks and in two sizes, so that's 80 looks. That's the biggest project I've ever done, and I've never been so calm. <laughs> you know, I've never been so calm before Fashion Week, so I, I feel like I've been uh, prepared for this for a long time. I, I was really um focused on how to get things right how to make sure that the garments are the star and that they fit well and um because that's that's the key is to show that it could work it could work look you nobody can dress everybody people's bodies are different people grow in different way nobody puts on weight the same way but i really wanted to create something that can cover most or a lot you know a majority so um it's just all been really exciting it's been really hard too i have two kids under the age of 3 and so it's made it extra
1: challenging but um but it's been wonderful i'm very excited that, that was my next question a little bit of, you know how you do it all having two young kids uh and i just admire you so much because you've you've actually taken risk and are succeeding and are recognizing that people desperately need this i know i do I know so many of my friends do, and I know that the fashion world needs it because, yes, you are an artist and you want to be creative, but people are really losing the connection of wearable art to art, and your work is wearable art and creativity At the top, so we want to wish you lots of success. Please share with the audience where we can find your uh, garments, your uh, where we could purchase them, where they can reach out to you. And I would love to share this regularly because I can't think of something better to promote and to work with than another Jewish patriot who is actually helping out everybody in the fashion world because it's so wearable. (laughs) Well, thank you. That's that's quite a compliment and a
5: big responsibility, but I, I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, the collection is going to go on um, pre-sale in in next Friday. So in a week, it's going to go up for pre-sale. And uh, that would be at com. Yeah.
1: And it will be on sale continuously because... Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. That's great. And we look forward to having you back on the show. Again, oh, I love it. Yeah. Congratulations on a really award-winning uh, show and uh, a wonderful reviews that you're getting and continued success. And please, women need you. Oh, thank you. They need a variety of sizes and they have to feel comfortable and they don't just want to wear like bl- black potato sacks so you know thank you for recognizing the need of most women today
0: in the latest spy thriller from pencraft first place award-winning novelist jeffrey s stevens comes his best character yet cia operative nick reagan in the handler. The Handler is the new heart-pounding, dizzying global conspiracy novel that follows the adventure of two CIA operatives from New York to Pakistan, Paris, Las Vegas, and ultimately, America's Heartland, as they race to prevent a series of terrorist attacks. Here's what's been said about The Handler. Think Jason Bourne for the new millennium, Ryan Steck, editor-in-chief, The Real Book Spot. Pulsing with reality... The handler takes you to the precipice with thrills and terror at every hairpin turn. Best-selling author Chris Beakey. And a taut terrorism thriller that mesmerizes with a dizzying global conspiracy and believable stakes. bestthrillers.com. Available now on amazon.com and wherever you get your favorite books. Get your copy and put yourself right in the middle of the CIA's toughest mission yet. My award-winning novelist, Jeffrey S. Stevens.
1: Welcome back. I'm sure you are all fascinated by the fashion news and fashion trends you heard today. And as you know, my closing pearls of wisdom Usually has something to do in remembering a Holocaust child that was perished during the Shoah. Today, my pearls of wisdom are going to be a little different. We're going to remember perhaps the best well known fashion designer of evening bags, one by first ladies, one by royalty, one in Hollywood. And today, the name Judith Lieber is synonymous with elegance, fashion, upscale, evening wear. Judith Lieber was born Judith Petra in Budapest, Hungary in 1921. She didn't set out to be a fashion designer and she didn't set out to be American. She was a very good student in school and she was known for her grades in chemistry she loved chemistry she wanted to work in the cosmetics industry but things happened between world war 1 and world war 2 and she was in Hungary and she was able to get a job as a trainee at a handbag company where she learned to mold leather, make patterns, frame, and stitch bags. She became the first woman to join the Hungarian Handbag Guild in Budapest. She avoided Nazi persecution when she escaped to a house set aside for Swiss citizens, where her father, a Hungarian Jew, who managed a grain department of a bank, was able to obtain Swiss passports or documents. These documents of hers are actually on view at the Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C. The flat where she survived saved 26 Jews. Then in December 1944, they were taken into one of the Hungarian Nazi-run ghettos, and after the liberation of Hungary and the Red Army, Lieber's family moved with 60 other people. She married an American sergeant, Gershon Lieber, in 1946. They made their way to New York City in 1947, and the rest is Fashion history. Many of her pocketbooks are on display in museums around the world, including New York, Philadelphia, the Smithsonian, and the Israeli Museum in Jerusalem. If anybody knows what it is like to carry the feeling of holding a Judith Lieber bag, it is really an experience not to be missed. Today, many companies try to follow her her designs, her way of using um, crystals, but nobody can match the talent of Judith Lieber. May she rest in peace.
0: (laughs) Thanks for watching the Jewish Patriot Show with Talk Radio's premier Jewish activist, Cindy Gross. Be sure to download Cindy's next program, as well as previous ones available internationally on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and in Israel on Jewish Podcasts. See you next time on the Jewish Patriot Show.